coming up. Although he, it, you know, doesn't admit any guilt to this day, it's somewhat satisfying to me as a police officer, and I hope to the family that his demise will be justifiable. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. A 66-year-old man was put to death last week in Arizona. It was the state's second execution since officials resumed carrying out the death penalty after a period of almost eight years. It has been nearly four decades for this family that they've been waiting for this chapter to close. And at 10.16 this morning, Frank Atwood was declared dead inside of the state prison back behind me in Florence. Today, media witnesses say about 40 people were in the room for his execution, including Atwood's wife and a priest. The media witnesses described Atwood as accepting of his fate, but added that he did not apologize. They say in some of his final words, he called the legal process, quote, unfair. Frank Atwood was convicted in 1987 for the murder of an eight-year-old girl three years earlier, a little girl still loved and remembered by family members today. Vicky was a vibrant little girl with an infectious laugh and a smile that would melt your heart. Her royal blue eyes reflected an old soul of wisdom and her freckled nose was unique and we are blessed to see it in our grandchildren today. I'm joined now by Jonathan McCall, reporter and anchor at 12 News, KPNX in Phoenix, Arizona. Jonathan, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. No worries. Well, thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here. Let's start by just going back to September of 1984 and this just really horrifying case of an eight-year-old girl who was who was murdered. Can, can you talk about the original case and, and how that all came about? You know, back in 1984, uh, eight-year-old Vicki Hoskinson, she... Uh, disappeared. Uh, Frank uh, Atwood was in the area at the time. In 1984, the Tucson girl left her home on her beloved pink bike to drop off a card at the mailbox. She never returned. One thing that led investigators to Atwood is that not far from where Vicki Lynn's bike was found abandoned, a gym teacher wrote down Atwood's license plate after noticing him near an elementary school prior to her disappearance. Investigators also used scientific testing of her bike and the bumper of Atwood's car, which investigators say show the two collided. Police say Atwood used his car to hit Vicki Lynn while she was on her bike. Arizona corrections records say Atwood was on parole when Vicki Lynn disappeared after Atwood was convicted and served time for kidnapping an eight-year-old California boy. Was her body ever found in later months or years? Her body um, was found in the desert, uh, so in uh, Pima County, from what I'm, I'm learning, in uh, Pima County, where uh, Tucson is, there is a lot of kind of hills, like most of Arizona, there's uh, lots of hills, lots of kind of desert, uh, remote places, and uh, according to investigators, they believe that Atwood uh, took her from um, where her home was and drove her to that area, uh, kidnapped her, and uh, and uh, killed her. And from there, uh, that's where the investigation kind of began. It's one of those cases that just it stuck with a lot of people just because, you know, it's an eight-year-old girl, a horrifying case of 
just this eight-year-old girl, beautiful smile, you know, just kind of what an eight-year-old would be. And, and my understanding, to echo what you're saying there, is it was a massive search at the time, maybe the largest ever in the area that they called in a psychic. And just the, the number of people involved was was huge for that time. And then it had this this really sad ending. But fortunately for investigators, they were able to track down Frank Atwood. He was 28 years old at the time. So this goes back decades. He was a much younger man. And he has been behind bars all those years awaiting execution, right? Correct. Um, he has been behind bars since he's been arrested. A jury convicted him. He went to trial. Uh, a jury convicted him in 1987. And uh, he's been on death row ever since then um and uh and obviously there have been a, there have been appeals after appeals after appeals um his legal team claims again that there was no physical evidence linking him to um vicky lynn's uh murder his attorneys have uh tried to you know go to the courts to try to get the case overturned multiple times. And in fact, they uh, just recently tried to again before his um, his recent execution. Today, lawyers for Frank Atwood pleaded with the state clemency board to spare his life. You are the, the last line of defense. You are the fail thing. And this execution is wrong. It's wrong in that Mr. Atwood's conviction is wrong. And it's wrong because the process for execution in Arizona is fundamentally broken. His his legal team has always said that police did not do their their due diligence. They believe that there was a third person, uh, a woman, uh, involved in this uh, who lived nearby, uh, where her children. There was an issue with her children uh, going missing as well, and there was some issues with with her, even. Uh, after Vicki Lynn's um, disappearance and after they found her body, you know, obviously her body was just so uh, badly decomposed. You know, medical examiners never really could determine exactly how she died. Uh, but and that's one of the many arguments that Frank Atwood's uh, legal team has um, gone after, tried to punch a hole in with regards to the case is the fact that, again, there's no clear evidence linking him to it, uh, but also that there was someone else in that particular area that investigators never went after, never tried to talk to. Uh, so those are some of the big concerns that his legal team have had over the years. Jonathan, as you mentioned, appeals over the years, and then of course recently leading up to his execution date last week, and there actually has been a bit of controversy in Arizona about the death penalty and executions ever since 2014, right? There have been, and those issues were raised once again uh, just last month. Um, uh, the state just recently resumed executions with um, the death of, uh, with the execution of Clarence Dixon uh, back in May. And Frank Adwood, his execution was the uh, second um, in, uh, in, in recent weeks, really, in less than uh, the state has performed two in about a month, uh, Frank Atwood's being the second. Uh, during Clarence Dixon's execution, there were concerns over the treatment of uh, Dixon as he was laying on the, on the gurney. Uh, authorities were trying to find um, an IV line to try to hook him up to um, his lawyers and uh, obviously advocates for uh, you know, uh, criminal justice reform have called out 
uh, some of those methods, some of those procedures uh, that were used uh, during Clarence Dixon's execution. The Arizona Constitution guarantees Mr. Atwood a choice between two methods. Arizona is forcing Frank Atwood to choose between the gas chamber or lethal injection. And that was one of the main factors that lawyers for Frank Atwood tried to use uh, to try to delay uh, his execution. They actually went before uh, the U.S. District Court to try to stop that because they had they believed that there were grave concerns uh, over uh, the execution method used, uh, which was lethal injection. His um, uh, legal team argued that, you know, just based off of what happened with uh, Clarence Dixon, that there should be other ways uh, for Frank Atwood to receive his execution. And his execution went went ahead as planned. Obviously, Frank Atwood, a much older man now, and uh, I understand he had a you know a spiritual advisor, a priest in, in the chamber with him. I know you weren't there at the execution, but but what can you tell us? Obviously, as is often the case, protesters were were outside, but really people on both sides were there to attend inside and outside. I think one of the most powerful. Uh, Voices we obviously heard from during the execution um, was Vicki Lynn Hoskinson's uh, mother. Uh, you know, she has, you know, been uh, seeking justice for her daughter um, since, you know, 1984. That's, you know, that's nearly 40 years. Um, and so for her, um, I think that opportunity, um, um, for her to finally have a little bit of closure and have a little bit of peace after all of these years um, is something, um, you know, no, no parent should ever have to go through or no parent should ever have to endure or experience. And then, as you mentioned, you have the other side of this. Uh, you know, you have people who are concerned that the state and uh, the state was going to put an innocent man to death. And so you did have protesters and you did have people from both sides of the issue uh, out there, obviously uh, raising their concerns and, you know, trying to do whatever they could to bring awareness and bring, uh, bring a little bit of attention uh, to this. Uh, again, their concerns for people uh, not associated with uh, Vicki Lynn's uh, family was the fact that, again, um, you know, there was no physical evidence linking Frank Atwood to this case. There was, uh, you know, no eyewitnesses. And there was nothing that, according to them, that really tied him to her murder. Uh, and so they were very concerned that the state was about to put an innocent man to death. But as you mentioned, for her family, for the family of an eight-year-old girl, for her mother, this this little girl who went for a bike ride I believe it was maybe one of the first times she'd been allowed to do that and then never came back home. It is certainly the, the end of a chapter, a long and painful chapter, although, of course, that, that pain never goes away. For the family of Vicki Lynn Hoskinson, you know, this has really been a long, arduous fight, a long, arduous battle for them. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, my son's eight years old, and, you know, and I, I – don't know, uh, you know, how you make it uh, when something that terrible happens to you, especially your child, 
as a parent. So it, it, it has to be tough for them, but uh, it also has to be a sense of relief and a sense of comfort um, that a 40-year battle, a 40-year um, cause and a 40-year kind of mission to, to get justice for her is finally over. Jonathan McCall at 12 News KPNX in Phoenix. Thanks so much for talking to us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. Be sure to check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.